I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. We've got to do an official Merry Christmas not yet Christmas. No, to us it's, it's only September, but uh, to you, nope, no, I'm not. joking. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I genuinely thought you thought it was September. Uh, I was going to say October, but I thought, for some reason, I thought September was funny, but actually, no, October would have been funny. Yeah. It's ineffable. It's hard to describe why. Honestly, it's failing to. To find, to find any of this funny. Yeah. I do wonder whether I've now passed it. At, right, today I've had a headache, so I've, I treated it with beer, mm-hmm. which has, I do feel a lot better, mm-hmm. but I also feel. Making me, feel, yeah, <laughs> making me feel more festive, I think. Yeah. Merry Christmas think beer. So. It's yeah. a nice cheery Jolly. atmosphere. Maybe you should have a drink when you listen to this. Good. Pause the recording and go <laughs> and have a stiff drink way. and come back. Don't listen to this first thing in the morning, whatever you do. Um, this is a this crazy is, story. Yeah. <laughs> this is a crazy story, a podcast from the Overtake where we tell crazy true stories. I'm Robin. <laughs> I'm Hi. Rick. Hi, <laughs> After last week where you both said it at the same time, yeah. this week, no, nobody no said, said it. it. We should just establish it. We should just like go clockwise. I could point, should I, I could be like, dun, dun. I like that we had a, a sympathical just reading each other. I think you could do, you know, there's, there's those games where you uh, are blindfolded and you have to like, there's some way you like take it in turn. So if you were both blindfolded, you had to like, you have to like sense when to oh, go. I'll bring a game to the Christmas party oh, yeah. called... Uh, uh, really it's called the game, but it's not Batman game. Oh. It's a it's a card game, right? Where you've got two piles of cards. One is one to a hundred. Yeah. The other is a hundred to one in that order. Okay. And oh no, yeah, and then and then you each have a hand of cards with various numbers in it, and you have to place down all your cards in the correct order as a group <gasps> without oh. saying anything to any like oh. each other. Uh, and you have to do this thing where you put your hands in and you like sync your minds. So, like, that's what all like, <laughs> right. the, yeah, what the wording yeah, is I in the book. That. That'll be fun whenever. Yeah, it's drunk. it's yeah. so fun and so addictive. Yeah, and like at first, I was like, oh, psychic, come on. The first the first time you play it, and like you have a full run where no one says anything. And you put all the cards down, right? You're like, oh my oh god! My god. <laughs> it's actually funny because I was thinking, what if I don't bring a game and I just bring my Xena cards and we just work out how psychic everyone is? <gasps> oh, oh, are those the yeah. things with the triangles and the yeah. circles on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
That'd be good. Let's mm. just do that instead. I'm not psychic except for when I watch programs where someone's done a crime, documentaries where someone's done a crime, and I can always tell when they're lying. Or at least I think I can tell who it is. Yeah. Also, people are really bad liars. People are bad liars. Also, TV shows are predictable. No, I don't. I mean, I don't mean a drama. I mean a a documentary. Uh, Yeah. Um, Should we do some Christmas stories? Yeah. Yeah. What's the theme? Of yours, it's Rick. not Christmas. You fucked up. I don't want to say the theme. I don't want to give away. Wait, it's it's a fun story. Okay, that's where it is. Yeah, mine is quite light-hearted as well. Oh, that's good for Christmas yeah, then. Good. Yeah. yeah. So I think for, for, for once yeah. the listeners are in for a They might have a jolly old time. <laughs> yeah. What's your title? Do you have a title? Uh, I've got a a Christmas subtweet. Oh, oh uh, mine's, I'm so glad you said tweet. <laughs> mine's, um, I said this a lot this afternoon, I couldn't stop saying it in a Scottish accent. A Christmas scone. <laughs> and is that, is that the Scottish accent? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you take it. No, it was, it was fine, it was fine. Um, oh, by the way, someone from St. Helens was in today. She's called Ella, she's a new intern. I don't know. No, you don't know her? No. But she's from St. Helens. I know, bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um, she had a different accent to yours. That's the thing about St. Helens. Is all, more they all make it up uh, more mank than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, St. Helens is like one one of them's a scouser and the other one's Mancunian. Yeah. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. No offense to her, but the listeners do not care about this. They so, don't, no. Yeah. Unless they're from St. Helens and then they're like, ah, oh, they've got us. Oh, like, yeah, we'll back, we'll back forever. Yeah. It seems like you have similar vibes mm-hmm. going on. So Robin should. Go first, maybe. All right. Last time. Boom. Let's do this. All right. So, 1843. Whoa, this is one hell of a subtweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a subtweet from before Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's actually not to do Twitter remotely. Um, oh, but, oh you don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie, you know, yeah. with titles now, are we? Well, it just, it's, it, it's like it has subtweet, subtweet yeah. vibes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Okay, so 1843, the English economy was transforming. So there was the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. So people from the countryside were coming to ta- towns to work in factories. And rather than working on a farm, they would be like toiling long hours in a factory. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than toil out in the fresh air, they're toiling <laughs> yeah, this workhouse. In, in a much more repetitive <laughs> yeah. job. I, I hate um, being healthy and working yeah, around. Maybe I should air. have some fingers snipped <laughs> off in a yeah. Get my hair caught in a loom. Um, <laughs> do you ever... <laughs> do you know what I'm on about? Like, no, I'm imagining you off. with your hair oh. caught in a loom now. <laughs> Oh, and that's funny to you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, this makes it doubly funny, but it's the second time you've mentioned a loom today. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> the it was the first time the fruit of the loom. It was, I did a, I did a mime. What was the mime one? <laughs> I was say, mime is not good for podcasts. It's it not no. made for good. Was, oh, it was, it was the guy love actually guy. Yeah. You know, the one who holds up the signs and then he takes the, one the, away. The shit Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was doing, I was doing. The, the worst best friend in cinematic history. Yeah, exactly. I was doing a I'm of the West best friend in cinematic history and I was holding up the signs and I was taking one away like that mm-hmm. but it just looked like I was working on some kind of weird loom you're doing it now so, it does yeah. look a bit loomish yeah. yeah so if, if as listeners if you imagine you're holding up signs and then taking the front one away and taking the front one away in a repeated motion then that is what I was doing 
Anyway, back to the looms. It's Robin the looming class. <laughs> do you learn, did you not, when you learned about the Industrial Revolution, did you not learn that women got their hair caught and got their whole scalp ripped off? I mean, yeah, you would. Yeah, but did you not learn that? Well, like, like kids put their fingers in and got them snapped off. And oh, stuff, but not yeah. about the scalp. I thought that was well, a universal learning about that. experience. It probably resonated with you because you're a woman. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. a young I just, boy, I thought, I'm also just I don't a person who's afraid of, having my, <laughs> afraid of having my scalp ripped off. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, so that's that's a sitch. Um, there's a, a new field of study mm-hmm. called political economy. So, oh, okay. yeah. Um, and it and it's basically what we think of as uh, oh god, what do they call them? Economists? No, the type of, the type of economist. Ah, oh, annoyingly, I read a really good economics book that talked about this stuff, and I've forgotten it now. But you know the Scottish the Scottish economists. I don't know. It'll come back to me. There's a type of there's a type of economist from that era. The Jacobin. No, Jacobin. it's a much <laughs> it's a much more normal word. Anyway, it'll come back to me. Um, so. Uh, there's this guy, this dude called Adam Smith, and there's this other dude called who I think most people have heard. Adam, Adam Smith's Smith. like a major. Yeah, he's like the main well-known economist. There's this other guy called Thomas Robert uh, Malthus. Have you heard of him? No. It might be Malthus. I'm going to call him Malthus for the purposes of this. I think it could be Malthus. Um, and he Malthouse. was no oh. Malthus. Um, and he. And so he, um, his the whole thing was like, so, uh, yeah, his whole thing was about self-interest. He was a reverend and he was like, basically, um, the problem is that there's too many people and we're always going to have these cycles of boom and bust mm-hmm. because of the numbers of people, um, which I'll explain in a bit more detail. But Please. at this point, <laughs> at this point, let's introduce Charles Dickens. Um, yes. Who is the hero of this story? Oh, he's the hero of a lot of stories. Yeah. Also, but if you're his wife, he's a villain because he's actually quite horrible. He's been cheated on her a lot. Oh. He was a he was a top shagger. He, he was a top <laughs> shagger. But, but you I, would wouldn't you if you got I, the chance. I think not not to defend <laughs> adulterous behaviour. No. I think for Victorian authors or, or that strata of upper middle class mm. that he occupied but he, it was accepted to have a wife and a mistress okay. and one you loved and wanted to be with and the other was your wife oh. sounds <laughs> like an old timey life for example that's a good wife, joke but, yeah yeah but you yeah. married one for the dowry and then you shagged uh, the other one for the loving ah uh, okay I guess yeah. I mean <laughs> romanticising massive that you love oh yeah it's, it's only the same as like I remember like uh, Sharon Osborne saying about Ozzy Osborne that like they were married, but like sometimes, poor, yeah. well, sometimes yeah. she knew that he was off shagging someone, and she was like, at the end of the day, like I couldn't be too upset about it because, like, if some young hot person offered to shag you, you want to say yes, and I was like, all right, yeah. Sharon, each to their own. I was like, yes, to loads of things. Why don't yeah. go and do yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Like, she would, she would say yes. Is what she means. Well, like, I think the point was Ozzy was off shagging some yeah. people, yeah. and she just was like. Well, you yeah. can't say no, can you, to, like, a lot young yeah, people. Yeah, her standard of judgment is basically just... They live in a different world. But, and also, I think that's what you've got to accept if you date somebody who is that type of person and that famous. You've just oh, got yeah. to deal and, with it or not like, deal with if, it. If you, were a rock, if you were, like, a rock star as well, yeah. or, like, she was, like, a manager. I yeah, think, when he she's was, like, a yeah, producer, yeah. Like, whether you're just like, well, I, I were 
morality, whatever is a exactly, relationship is yeah, like this is like, the industry. It isn't this defined is by yeah. mon- monogamy. Yeah, exactly. So I mean they seem fine. I mean he does not In, seem fine. If anything, Dickens was the first rock star. Yeah. Segway back into oh, the story. Oh, Jesus. Okay. But, yeah. yeah, let's go back to Dickens. So, it's a story in a mess so far. Well, I'm trying to tell it, but... Um, it could have just started with Charles Dickens. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to introduce these people in the yeah. background. She's never going to bring them up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout back to last week. Oh. Right, so Dickens. Um, right, Dickens, yeah. So, Dickens is already at yeah, this point Dickens. of the story... <laughs> Sorry. A successful <laughs> author, um, and he he's quite a, a philanthropic kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he co- he goes to the north of England at this point. He's from a London, yeah. just another yeah. England charity yeah. in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the. the I suppose I go to the north. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the uh, Manchester Athenaeum, um, which is a philanthropic organization that helps the working poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, people were like quite uneducated, powerless. They're exploited by the factory owners, um, ignored by everyone in upper society. So and, much has changed. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and he had a bit of a social con- consciousness, Dickens. He, so he wanted to go and see what was going on. Class consciousness quite a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, and then he saw all this stuff and he was like, right, I'm going to write this pamphlet for everyone to read called An Appeal on Behalf of the Poor Man's Child, um, which I think was moderately successful. Pamphlets were like a big thing at the time. It's like the first, if you're a fan of his works and you read and he's coming out every single week in the strand or whatever it was published. That's like the when you're watching Comic Relief and then it cuts to the video of a comedian yes, in Africa. Like, it is exactly and you're like, that. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I feel guilty about what. <laughs> yeah. And it's got some kids crying and Kate Bush is playing. You're like, oh, oh I feel yeah. bad. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So, and it, he, he created yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always woman's it's always work woman's that's work playing. Like yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Bush, but oh, Fields of like, Gold is one that often plays uh, as well. The same uh, one, but no, yeah, the, no, the, the, the yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, at this point, like he was like, uh, yeah, so he did this pamphlet, and um, people kind of were like, ugh, okay, whatever. And he was like, wait a minute, I'm a novelist, like I can do this pamphlet, but as a novel. Um, so that is what he did. Um, so a bit more background on the people I talked about before. So, um, Adam Smith, um, had like about 30 years before had published, or maybe a bit more before, had published, um, something called, um, an inquiry into the nature and causes of the wealth of nations, which people now just call the wealth of nations, Mm -hmm. which I've actually read. Very boring, mm. and a lot of it's just like some thoughts that you might have that then later on you realize are wrong. But he just wrote them all down, um, and everyone's like, Yeah, Adam Smith. I think it's like um, that John Peterson guy, who, mm. um, like I had to read a lot of boring old texts, influential yeah, texts when I was did. at university. Yeah. And you even go, wow, this is the first time I've heard of this thing which lots of people already think and yeah, know about. exactly. And it's only influential because they were the first people to, to write, write it down. down. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just sometimes, some of this stuff is like, literally, you've, you've just thought of it off the top of your head, 
And then it turns out, oh, it's already an established theory because that man once wrote it down. Was right down, like yeah. two hundred years ago. Would, yeah, and then you think this would have occurred to people before. Yeah, definitely. Okay. It was it was occurring to everyone, but he was the first one to write it down, I guess. Um, Adam Smith, I particularly don't like as well because he um, couldn't do anything without his mum up and like up until he was like a full adult and everything. Yeah. His mum did everything for him. Like oh. he was just like you know, like so lazy and useless that mm. she literally she fed him. She like clothed him, she bathed him, like it was disgusting. Yeah. It's like honestly, the more you (laughs) read about the more. Yeah. He's like he literally couldn't do anything for himself. Definitely a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. Um so basically, but the the whole thing about the Wealth of Nations was that um self interest is good. So um basically if everyone just does their own thing, looks out for themselves, everything balances out perfectly. Uh, the invisible hand of the market Um, does, you know, allocates labor and capital Mm. um, and the economy grows and everything is in perfect balance. It's good that like um, uh, like neoconservatives, like the Conservative Party in our country and the GOP in America, Uh, something this book written over 150 years ago is still it's like, relevant. It's still, yeah. like, also, it's just like sure revolution is not really over yet. Let's yeah. see how it pans out. <laughs> yeah. Fuck well, it's know. like so. The idea of it is like if if the state if the government doesn't interfere with the markets, they all balance each other out mm-hmm. perfectly. And uh, I can kind of see the appeal of that. It has like a natural feeling to it. It's a, it feels like nature. It feels like... Um, it feels that when you... Yeah, it feels like a flower blooms and a bee pollinates it. Yeah. And then, you know, like, all that stuff goes on and on. Um, but, I like, not since I don't because I don't know we're going off topic here. I don't know if his idea of it just meant that corporations and companies could just ignore the law and not pay taxes. Like, I'm fairly certain he used to, like, there needs to be some government involvement yeah. to keep so, this... Yeah, it's actually a bit more, yeah, it's a bit more complex than that. And actually what people have taken from Adam Smith is like, they've taken their favourite bits yeah. and run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think he There's is a bit about idiot. women and Jews not working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mad for Don't that. Matter. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, still, his ideas were stupid, I think, or whatever, you know, fine. Um, so, but everyone at the time, anyway, goes ape shit yeah. for this stuff. Uh, Charles Dickens is like that is not real like it's all bullshit mm-hmm. um, so there's a bit in uh, A Christmas Carol I don't know have you guys ever read it yes yeah I mean ago. if you've seen the Muppet Christmas Carol it's Basically actually it quite the close best Christmas Carol. Yeah. yeah I might read the Christmas Carol, A Christmas Carol again actually because it's one of the few old timey books that I can get through it's um, quick as well it's yeah it's very short yeah and like some of yeah some of it you don't you don't know the odd word here and there, but it kind of isn't relevant. Yeah. Like you can just you can just push on through. And um, in your head, you imagine it's like the fire poker. Fo- yeah, like yeah. Fuzzy bear. And- oh yeah, oh, right, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was from a, no. a joke from a previous week yeah. where I was like, if I don't know the word in a Victorian novel, no, I just imagine a fire poker. In my head, I'm just reading it. It's like, and then and then Scrooge imagined his he was at Fizzy Wink's Christmas yeah. party, yeah. and it's Fuzzy Bear. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, exactly. yeah no, this, this this reads for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did. I did have to like try and not imagine the Muppets. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. So. Uh, yeah, if you remember, there's a bit where like some charity collectors come into Scrooge's office and they're like, 
Um, Professor Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, we want to, we're trying to raise some. It's so synonymous for you, aren't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, we we're, we want to um, raise some money to help the poor, basically. Mm. Um, and Scrooge is like, well, my taxes go to the prisons and the workhouses. And, you know, people who are badly off can end up just go there. Like, what's the problem? My taxes deal with that. Um, and then people are like, and then the, one of the guys is like, but but they can't always go there. Um, and someone else is like, the other guy's like, and they'd rather die first. Um, and Scrooge is like, well, if they'd rather die, then they better do so at once and decrease the surplus population. So, and when you watch The Muppet Christmas Carol, you're like, that guy's a cunt. And that's mm. it. But what is actually interesting is if you're reading those words in 1843 when they were written, you'd realise that it was actually um, a massive subtweet. So what? Charles Dickens was like, everyone would be like, oh, as they're reading it, they're like, oh, he's subtweeting. Um, and so everybody would know he was talking about Reverend uh, Malthus, or Mal- Malthus mm-hmm. um, who had taken these Adam Smith kind of ideas um, his main work was called An Essay on the Principle of Population. And it's published in 1798. So, I don't know, like, fi- not quite 50 years before. So, it was, you know, he, it wasn't a very current subtweet. Um, but it was but it was well known. Maybe like someone referencing Nixon now. Yeah, exactly. But possibly at the turn of the century, something was happening that everyone was, like, talking, talking about. Talking about it. Oh, this is you know. It's like well, if someone it was still, now, it's a bit, Trump, yeah, yeah. And, it, and I think because ideas didn't move around as quickly as they do now, oh, it's yeah, still quite a rev- well. relevant yeah. idea. So he was famous for arguing that um, basically the population will inevitably outstrip the resources that it needs to survive, and then there'll be a population collapse or crisis, which will like balance everything back out again. So you know, in nature, like if one um, species is gets too dominant the predator prey principle yeah they so the predator eats all the prey that's available and then there's nothing left they all starve and it shrinks the population back down and then the the prey Prey population booms exactly this was slightly tipsy and this is a christmas episode and it's had more high-end concepts than any previous episode (laughs) i've never done economics before but (laughs) maybe i will every episode because this is this is working out quite well Mm. um so, uh, yeah. Um, so he's looking, so this guy, Malthus, is like looking over history and he's like, oh, it's not, it's not growth from the dawn of time to now. Mm-hmm. It's boom and bust. And it's yeah. this like kind of up and down kind of principle. Um, which does sort of make sense. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's not entirely wrong. Um, but, endorse it. well, exactly, yeah. yeah. So his thing was that the poor people who starved were just the surplus population. Kill rich people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, yes. Please balance her out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So he was like, "This is just what ha- has to happen. The poor people just have to starve because mm-hmm. this is how it. This is how the cycle works." Um, Dickens was obviously he he loathed him. Obviously, sexy Dickens was like, "I'm not having any of this shit." Um, he was telling one of his mistresses one evening, have you seen how yeah. outrageous this is? <laughs> yeah. The man's got no morals. <laughs> if, honestly, if I was in the pub and some guy was like that, I'd be like, oh, he's all right. Yeah, and so Dickens thought that Malthus, is, Malthus had like lost sight of that it was actually people that he was talking about, which 
fair play. And he was a reverend, so he should have known better, in my opinion. Well. Um, so, uh, but, and also, moving on to workhouses, that there was also mentioned. Workhouses were obviously really grim, as you imagine. Mm-hmm. You wake up, you do some work, you eat some gruel, you do some more work, and it's like heavy lifting and like basically slave labor under different words, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, so, and there was a, what's ironic, really, given the current circumstances is in the 1800s, people were like, oh, um, p- lazy people just go to workhouses and get, they know they're going to get free meals. Mm. Yeah. And like, yeah. And they're, they're actually, yeah. Lazy people just do tons of manual labor. <laughs> yeah. And it was, and they were like, yeah, they're just trying to like get, they're just freeloading off, this, off the situation. <laughs> So they made this thing called... Tories never change. I know, you know isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jacob Rees Mogg would have been as successful a politician yeah. in mm. fucking 1851. I mean, I'm not entirely convinced he was born recently. I think, oh, I do wonder whether he's a politician okay. from those actual days. Oh. Um, he looks like a person's character. He does, he looks like, yeah, yeah screwed. Um, so they brought this law in uh, 1834 called the Poor Law which made workhouses worse. Like, it, the whole thing was designed to make it even more torture to be in a workhouse. Wicked. And Thomas, yeah, Thomas Malthus just, like, fucking loved it. He was like, yeah, exactly. He was like, God yeah. Yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. I remember Jesus specifically only feeding two people who could afford <laughs> yeah. rather than 500 people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um... And the, so there's even like a bit more of a subtweet as well in a Christmas Carol, and it's aimed again at Malthus, and um, it's about not caring enough um, of, about the children of the poor. Um, so as as you, I'm trying to remember, I've written Bob Cratchit is a gorgeous babe, which he just really is, isn't he? Like he just loves his yeah. family, he works hard. Never been that big a fan of Robin Kermit's nephew who plays. Oh yeah. Um, but in that, he's good, I Tiny think. Tiny Tim. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the one... I'm not crazy about the song where they're walking, because you can see Kermit's oh, legs, it's a bit weird. It it's really nice, weird. though. Whenever you see the Muppets walking, it's yeah, a bit you go, too much. Going on, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, that's his best yeah, his best role. Yeah, Bob, sorry, Bob Cratchit. Yeah, I was thinking of yeah. um, Tiny Tim. Bob uh, Cratchit is a yeah, good lad. Yeah, good lad. Yeah, Kermit, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so Dickens writes these scenes where uh, Scrooge goes to the house. Scrooge's underclerk, a frog who is married to a pig. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so they go to the house and they see uh, Bob Cratchit doing all this stuff like, um, thank you to God for the bountiful fees. Thank you to Mr. Scrooge who... You know, like all that yeah. stuff where he's just like laying it on thick. Where I you're like, like when Miss Piggy oh. kicks off and she's like, "How dare you mention yeah, his name at my table?" I do. Yeah. I love the dynamic between those two. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Find... Why would a pig order from? It don't matter. It don't matter. But I think that's like, quite oh. nice. I think it's a really healthy like relationship that you look at growing up, where you're like, "Oh, a small man can go out with a large woman," uh, and that's okay. <laughs> that, I was about to say, my wife and I have the same dynamic, but not based on the size thing. <laughs> no, in that. Um, I'm a grumpus like Miss Piggy, where she's demanding like oh. Miss Piggy, but she's positive like Kermit. So like when Kermit's oh. like, you know, like she's angry, yeah, um, but not demanding, and he's like Kermit's like the most chill guy, yeah. Like he's yeah. just like, oh, let's get together, guys. We'll yeah. just try and have fun, yeah. Um, but I love that he loves Miss Piggy, even though she's a nightmare. He loves her like, because he just, of it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I think that was really sweet. Though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, couple goals. Yeah, yeah, it is. Miss Piggy, Kermit, um, Gomez, 
So yeah, anyway, yeah. So basically, uh, Dickens writes in these scenes where Scrooge turns up and he sees how decent Bob Cratchit is mm-hmm. and he sees that his little boy, Tiny Tim, is dying. Yeah. Um, and at the end, or uh, like later on, there's a scene where they uh, gather around Tiny Tim's little crutch yeah. and they're like, and they're like, oh, we'll never forget you, Tiny Tim. Um, like gone but not forgotten. The Cratchit by Bob's like broke. He's, he's, he's the son he loves the most. Yeah, he's the gone. Cri- the crippled boy yeah, is exactly. dead now. Yeah, um, and that was all about. Um, and then and then I can't really remember how it actually happened in the book. So I'm kind of going a bit off piece here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's about how um the how important these kids are that these poor kids that are. That Malthus is like, oh, they're just a surplus population. Yeah. Um, yeah, the end. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was so, I did fast forward a little bit right at the end because I realised I was fine. going on a bit. Um, I didn't know end. that um, A Christmas Carol was basically a fucking shout out again. I mean, but it yeah, seems, it seems obvious when you think about it because sometimes I, particularly around Christmas and coming from a, a poor family, um, I was saying this to, to you earlier on the, the, the WhatsApp group that mm. we've got with just lots of working class people in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like we really valued Christmas because it was like the kind of one time where you could, like, reasonably spend money on each other and yeah. have time to each other and kind of not feel guilty about it, even yeah. though you would feel guilty about it in January. Yeah. And what I never understood is the Christmas Carol is so pervasive in British culture as mm. like a, the story that yeah. everyone is told at Christmas that I never comprehended how. Uh, a Tory could watch it and yeah, get the wrong and like and be, like, and be yeah. like yeah no greed's fine it's like no look what ha- look what look happens to Scrooge the fucking message like, of the sorry <laughs> death comes to him and says yeah. people will hate you once you're yeah. gone he goes and Tori's like yeah well I'm rich while I'm alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like do they not look at like that scene when he when he sees his own grave and he's like oh what poor soul yeah. is buried here who's this what kind of dirtbag's got no mates <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it turns out to be him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the hot. It's basically the whole of the Christmas Carol is one massive subtweet. Mm-hmm. Um, the end. Yes, wicked. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, my story is um, also political. <laughs> Excellent. But it's exciting. Yeah. Well, I think it's exciting. So, in, oh shit, I didn't write down the date of when this occurred. <laughs> It's 1950. All right. All right. It's 1950, right? Um, so there is a student at Glasgow University who goes by the name, well, it, it is his name, Ian <laughs> Hamilton. Who goes by that name? That is yeah. his name. His name's actually Brian Johnson. Yeah. But, uh... um, so uh, he has received funding from um, a, lo- a local Glasgow businessman um, to um, inspire... Scottish independence and kind of not birth the idea of like Scottish independence, but um, in the post war era, post war Britain, um, Scotland and England were, were almost like entirely unified. Labour, because they were in power, given up their idea with giving Scotland power. Um, the SNP was polling at like an all time low. And for some reason, the Conservatives were doing really well in Scotland. I didn't even know the SNP existed back yeah, then. Yeah, uh, but basically, what essentially what happened is because of post-war austerity and because you know Englishmen and everyone kind of had to pull yeah, together. Englishmen and Scotsmen stood side by side and died in foreign fields. Yeah, but the discussion of the union was just not on the table okay. for a few years. Um, comes to nineteen fifty. Uh, yeah, Ian Hamilton received some funding from um, a Scottish. Um, independent, a, a Glas- Glaswegian businessman to come up with something to reinvigorate the idea of Scottish independence. Mm. So you really gestured then. You're yeah, like, yeah, like, come yeah, on, I'm, I'm not even Scottish, and I'm like, come yeah, on, his independence. Fist was raised. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Hamilton recruits two students, two of his fellow students. Um, what the fuck is that name? Guan Vernon. Oh, oh, Gavin Vernon. <laughs> Gavin Vernon. The VDR you'd turn into like a oh, little yeah. Gavin Vernon, Alan Stewart, and um, a domestic sciences teacher, uh, a woman. It's only important for later I on. knew it was going to be a woman when you said domestic sciences. Um, Kay Matheson. It's 1950. Yeah. Kay Matheson. Probably the only teacher a woman was allowed to do back then. Yeah, I think um, so. So he um, gets more together for this project that he's got. And his project is to steal the stone of scorn. <gasps> now, for those that don't know, which is anyone, everyone, everyone the stone of Scorn, sometimes called the stone of destiny in Scotland, um, was an ancient stone that Scottish monarchs would be crowned upon to become the king or queen of Scotland. Um, but it was taken from the Scots by Edward I, known as the Hammer, um, after he's like he's in the Scottish in what independent wars of independence? Yeah. Um, ah, fuck, I didn't even write down when that was. I was so excited about this. <laughs> oh this bit's not I've that. I've heard important. like the Hammer of Scotland. Yeah, is that, like yeah. he like really fucking brutalized the Scots. Yeah. Um, and then he so they took this stone, which was like where the Scots would get um, crowned, mm. uh, and he took it to. Um, back to London. What a fucker! Um, kept it in Westminster Abbey, and it was fitted into King Edward's chair, which is where the monarch of England oh. gets crowned. Um, and and thus, when an Englishman is crowned or an Englishwoman is crowned on the 
King of Wiltshire, they are thus also the king or queen of Scotland. Yes. So that's uh, where you get that. What is that? King James the first of Scotland and sixth of Britain or England? Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, it becomes like this weird number system. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, the, sto- around, the Stone of Scone, um, or the Stone of Destiny, is like a symbol of Brit- uh, Scottish nationalhood. Yeah. Uh, and England's taking of it is a symbolic gesture of I mean, dominance. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so Hamilton and his crew are going to go and steal it. Oh, um, to Yeah, to resurrect some Scottish pride. Um, so this happens at Christmas, which Great. is why the oh, story is, is called... Christmas story. Yeah, which is why the story is called The Christmas Scone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's a few days before Christmas. They drive down from Glasgow um, in two cars. Um, I don't know what they are. Two, like, crappy old cars. It takes them 18 hours um, oh. to drive from Glasgow to London. I don't think much has changed. <laughs> like, still take about eight hours to get to Glasgow from Leeds, even. Yeah. Like, it takes forever. But yeah, but 18 hours is more than it takes. Yeah, maybe so, the cars are really I wonder shit. whether... Yeah, I suppose in those days, the cars are shit. The roads are probably quite bad. And they probably made a few stops on the way. Yeah, day. probably. Um, so, two, it's two cars with two members of the crew in each car, basically. Yeah. Um, a few days before Christmas, they meet in London at Lion... Lion, with a Y. Yeah. Lion's Corner House, which I think is now like a tea room. Oh. Which means like a tea room and inns and bars or whatever in the 50s. Mm. Yeah. And they have a few drinks. Um, and they G themselves up like, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it live. Let's just do it. Like, um, So that afternoon, Vernon and Hamilton, so uh, Gavin Vernon and Ian Hamilton, they go to Westminster Abbey, Westminster Abbey where the Stone of Scone is. In oh, is that where it is? Yeah. yeah. It's in Westminster Abbey, um, which, of course, is open to the public. Yeah, so like yeah. I used to wear it there, yeah. So um, they go in, and what they do is they, like, hide underneath, like, a trolley so that <gasps> when it closes down, they kick out, kick out everyone after hours. Oh, my God. I love it. They're left in there. However, um, uh, which one is caught oh uh, hamilton ian hamilton the ringleader is caught <gasps> by a guy a watchman he's caught hiding behind a statue holding his shoes in his hands because he wants to make a, a noise oh, on the cold floor that's yeah mm. um so he's kind of growing like what the hell are you doing in here and he manages to fast talk his way out yeah um what does he say do you know like oh I, um oh, i got no I'm place lost. to stay yeah Sorry, in the story about Scottish, like, Scottish heroes, I'm going to be mocking the Scottish <laughs> yeah. quite a lot. Um, anyway, he manages to fast talk his way out with his shoes in hand and is beaten, is given a Merry Christmas on his way out by the dad. Like, he, you know, Aww. charms his English way people are like that, aren't we? Suckers. We're wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're out and they're like, oh shit, what happened? So the next day is Christmas Eve um, and um, Alan Stewart in Hamilton go back again in the in the morning and what they do is because um, so they couldn't pull it off without what's his face Hamilton the so they're kind of like casing the joint at this point oh, I so see. they're going I again see. in the uh, Hamilton and um, Stuart Alan Stewart um, start a conversation with the archdeacon oh. in Westminster just chatting about whatever but what they what they're able to do while they're doing that is somehow surreptitiously get the rotors of the guards who work the evening shift. Um, It said that they just overhear it in conversation and can't believe they'll look like, oh, like, oh, can you believe how we look? Oh, that's good. And then Bernie say it in Scottish as well. (laughs) Um, So, they now know when their night works, the night 
watchmen are yeah. on. And they decide, like, let's go for it. We're, we're going to rob Westminster Abbey on yeah. Christmas Eve. Um, oh, yeah. So in the middle of the night, amongst like the streets of London, it's still the 1950s, so... You know, Labour hasn't introduced all night drinking yet, but Christmas parties are going on. You know what, Westminster? Revelers. They so Westminster is its own little situation. Mm. It's a borough, but it's also technically a city, and you can't buy alcohol after eleven o'clock anywhere in Westminster. Oh. And I have been caught out very badly. I mean, in a pub, yes, but not a, in a in a shop because they don't yeah. want you to be boozing on the street. Um, and there's been a couple yeah, of times like messy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's been a couple of times. What's that Northern as well, love? <laughs> yeah, you've got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time accidentally, me and my friends were wandering around Soho, which is in Westminster, looking for a nice bar to go in. We'd been in this very strange lesbian bar that I don't think is there anymore, which we didn't realise was a lesbian oh, bar nice. until we yeah, until we were in there <laughs> and they gave us like massive discounts on all the drinks. We were all women. Um, but they gave us like massive discounts on all the drinks, which was great. Uh, and I think that's why it doesn't exist anymore. It was dead, mm. which was the problem. Maybe they give you massive drinks because you're the only patrons because yeah. I mean, surely they like, it'd be weird if they just gave you your small group of friends yeah. discounts oh, no, it's lesbian personally. Oh, right. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. What was really interesting, though, that was um, the woman who was a bartender was like, or the bartender who was a woman, either way around, um, was like, um, she, you know, um, tequila, people have tequila and lime and salt. Yes. Um, and she was like, you shouldn't have lime and salt. That's just bullshit. She was like, the original thing was cinnamon and orange. But mm. yeah, which sounds really good. And then it sounds better, but I don't. Know. It yeah, like it's well, she was like, well, she was like, the original thing was cinnamon and orange, but they couldn't in Britain. They they didn't used to be able to get cinnamon and orange, so they just did lime and salt. That um, seems bollocks. Maybe, but cinnamon and orange. So she gave us a tequila with cinnamon and orange. It was very nice. Um, but anyway, after that whole scenario, mm-hmm. we went looking for a bar. We ended up in what turned out to be a private party, but it looked kind of like a weird bar from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it was some kind of art school party. They were all just like art students, just well, like sexually going sexually about. Going about. Yeah, exactly. I've met art students. Yeah. I don't and know, the, you I don't know, know like. <laughs> yeah. You know, you go in and they're like, oh, here, have a, have a drink out of my bottle. You're drinking wine out of the bottle. And yeah. they're like, here, have a sip. And you're like, oh, way, great. Um, but then I was like, "Oh, we need to. If we're going to stay here, we need to buy our own alcohol." They thought we were part of the party. We weren't, but we were. We were yeah. joining, and it was all fine. I was like, "We need to buy our own alcohol," but obviously, you can't after it eleven o'clock yeah. in Westminster. You can't buy alcohol. So um, yeah, and I had a really bad cold, and I'm pretty sure that that poor girl that gave me a step out of her bottle would have definitely got a cold off me. Died. Sorry. Um. So yeah. Anyway, they're in Westminster. Yes. It's the middle of the night, and they start to go in. So. Um, the three lads, Hamilton, Stuart, and Vernon, um, they sneak in to the building through a pile of works, building works covering Poets Corner in Westminster Abbey, which is like where all the poets and writers and fancy people of English society are buried. Right. Um, so they manage to crow, just crowbar a door, door open and go in through there. Oh, nice. Kit outside. Uh, Kit's outside. Both the cars are parked outside in Westminster. She's waiting in one of the motors ah. to get out of there. Right. Um, so they go in and they find the chair and they find the stone in the dark. Um, but it's like fastened in. So they have to dislodge it. And they're kind of like you know, struggling to get it out. It's, uh, it weighs 
335 pounds, which is quite old. Oh, I was imagining like a little palm sized. No, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I should have maybe described it. It's like three feet long, maybe a foot wow. deep, and oh. two feet wide. Like it's a real, <laughs> it's a real slab, like a headstone. Wow. Yeah, I was imagining like a. a uh, I mean, I, I was imagining well, kind they, of granite, but like... They sit on it and they coronate, and you think yeah. it was just like a little tiny <laughs> rock so that went up their bum. <laughs> Balance. Yeah. I, maybe I was no, it's like, like, a, it's like the seat of a throne, I imagine. <laughs> okay, um, fine. So yeah, That's they're trying to pull it out. Yeah. Um, and um, it slides out and smashes <gasps> on the they floor of the Western stone. Minnesota. They fucked the stone of stone. stone. <laughs> um, obviously, there's like lots of shards and stuff. Um, I bet they were like... No, oh no, oh, no man. yeah, oh gosh. Oh, sorry, Scotland. Um, so, I hope to be honest that it went silent and then they all just went, Wait, <laughs> yeah, they would have been like, Oh, yeah, cunt. You know, she's taking the weeds from me. <laughs> um, so it smashes into basically two parts, yeah. um, one huge, very, very heavy part, yeah, um, and one smaller part. Um, describe how heavy they are separately. Um, Hamilton can pick up the smaller part on his own and yeah. carry it. It's heavy, but he can carry it. The other piece is so heavy that um, he has to put it onto his coat and drag it across the oh. floor. Like it, he, he can't lift it Did on his they own. they decide to leave one part in England and hit one part back to Scotland, like Kate sharing the oh. tiara in Mingles? Well, oh, yeah. No, they, <laughs> no, they weren't as like. Turns out England, you're all right after all. Um, <laughs> you have that big bit looked at a little bit. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Hamilton is right, right, you lads stay here with a big piece. Well I'll get this we'll get I'll get the small piece out now and come back. Mm. So he goes out and he meets Kay who's in the car and he puts it into the boot of the car and um, they're about she's she's about to head off when they spot a British Bobby walking down oh, the street. No. A copper. Take a him copper, out. Take yeah. Him right they, out. They don't, no no no, they pull the old classic. Kay, and I imagine some there's some backstory here. Starts to smooch with Hamilton, like Ooh. does the you know does the quick kiss oh, me. Quick kiss I love me. that. So they start smooching outside this. Oh, I just hit my mic. They start smooching <laughs> outside this car parked out the side of Westminster Abbey, right? And uh, I, like, by the way, would that not be the funniest thing? Like, if you were doing some undercover operation, you're like, oh no, we've got we've got kids and pretend that it's all fine. I mean, Hamilton's lucky they got caught outside. <laughs> yeah. okay, he rung the, the he rung the cops. <laughs> Yeah. Now I want to admit my love yeah. to But yeah, when I was writing, like, obviously I read it, I was writing the notes down, and I couldn't help but think, I was like, you wouldn't just, I was imagining like, if I was a single domestic education teacher with some, you know, daring leader of a Scottish, mm. Scottish unionist, uh, so, sorry, Scottish separatist student, and I wanted to kiss him. Wouldn't that be the perfect time? Yeah, it would have been. Why did you choose her? Why were you? <laughs> why were you imagining oh, you were her? I, I mean, I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, uh, I'm pleased. Thought, in fact, you, like, well, because I thought <laughs> it'd be creepy if he just kissed her. Oh, I see. So it'd she, be, she, she like, made it yeah. Think, yeah. But, but yeah, and then other stories read as though she's the one who's like, quick. And it says that's what they yeah, were. You they, guys are gonna have to cut that part yeah. out. What you realise? Oh, because if you, you horrible oh, disgusting coughing. It says they, um, from what I read twice, it is they went into a lover's clinch. 
Oh, which I was like, they were definitely already banging then. You that's, think yeah, I, I feel a bit disappointed because I, I would have preferred it if they weren't already banging, but there was some sexual I, tension. I don't know if they are banging. <laughs> I just think they drove down on the way down, they were having some bants, you know, like they were flirting. It was, was getting hot in Yeah, yeah. but they were like, the mic like was on the job. Nicholas Cage and Angelina Jolie and gone in 60 seconds. Maybe re sparking the love that had once Maybe, died, maybe yeah. when they were youngsters. We'll never, yeah. we'll, we'll never well, know. We'll have to look no. into it. Um, Anyway, right, so there's Bobby, <laughs> there's Bobby Spotson, right? Um, and the story goes that he, on Christmas morning, uh, like in the middle of, so Christmas morning, uh, Christmas Eve nights, mm. really early in the morning, um, is so, like, touched by these two young I lovers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that he starts to speak to him. He was going to question him. And he's just so, um, like, oh, it's young love. And he starts to chat to him and he even offers him cigarettes. Even though it's five o'clock in the morning, he's just like, oh, how, how are you guys doing? Are you all they right? They might have been out all night, you know, on yeah. Christmas Eve, in, like, in hats, London. And yeah. if they're Scottish as well, he's, he's like, oh. Yeah, he's yeah. just hat. He's Christmas morning. He's yeah. not one of these missies. She's, oh. she's took the kids away. Yeah. He's just heart-touched by this romantic gesture. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the story goes that he's talking to him. Um, and then he hears something in the abbey behind them, which is Vernon popping his head out of the doors to see what is going on so long. But they <laughs> distract him. when you said popping his head out, I thought this was about to get, like, grotesque. No. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> he pops out and be like, hey, where's he gone? We've got to... He pops his head out. Um, they then notice him over the copper's shoulder and distract the copper by telling jokes and like laughing really oh hard at uh, and like the oh like clocks what's going on he's like oh go back inside go back inside and like they go back with the stone <laughs> you can actually better be like what the fuck and then like they're yeah, like back up um, so anyway eventually yeah Vernon goes back in eventually the copper leaves them alone and they get into a car and they drive out of Westminster Hamilton after they kind of got out of Westminster gets out the car because um, the other the other getaway cars back there goes walks back into Westminster, gets back into the church, um, sees that uh, Vernon and Stuart are gone, but the ta- the uh, stone is still there. So on his own, drags it out on his car. He manages to get into the back of the car, um, and basically the suspension is like just above the wheels. It's so <laughs> heavy. When he's driving away, he sees them two walking back to the church. And he's like, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, lads? And they're like, oh, we thought you'd been rumbled because we saw that copper. Mm. And he's like, no, no, we're all right. So Stuart gets in the car with him. Vernon, um, like, waits for the first train and goes straight back to Scotland. So in the meantime, um, Kay Matheson, she drives her car to the West Midlands and leaves it with a friend, the car and the small part of the stone. Yeah. Um, Hamilton with Stuart and the big stone um, they drive to a field in Kent and bury it. Oh. And then they go back to Scotland. So they leave it all there. The next day, the police uh, <laughs> all over this. Christmas Day, there's, yeah, like, there's been a like, robbery. Been, and yeah. especially like Westminster Abbey, like they've broken to like the sacred English place. Yeah, where, <laughs> yeah. yeah where like the royal family are buried and stuff. Yeah. Um, the police find that the stone's missing. And they immediately think it's got something to do with Scotland. So, mm. for the first time in 400 years, the, bar- the, the barrier between England and Scotland is closed. What? And nothing can get in or out. Uh, it is eventually open, 
And two weeks later, Hamilton goes back and he collects the pieces from around the city and takes them back to Scotland. Um, so he takes them back to Scotland and he delivers them to the business partner who had originally kind of like financed the operation. Okay. Um, who is a man called Robert Gray, mm. who is an SNP um, politician mm. and the owner of a stone masonry. Oh. So. Um, Robert Gray at then point now in possession of the stones has them repaired yeah put that together also he has forgeries made <gasps> he's a genius and he puts um, so it, it, he puts a brass cylinder with a note inside the real stone and seals them all back up um, and then they leave it in um, in the meantime I think in the meantime all of those students are found and arrested by yeah. the authorities. Um, all of them plead guilty, apart from Ian Hamilton. He says, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, he plead, yeah, he, plead, he feigns innocent, but he's clearly guilty. Yeah. Um, no charges come, even Ooh. though they're all, all clearly guilty and yeah. all it, like linked back to the crime. Yeah. The British, and by British, I mean English, English. government, steps in and says... We can't prosecute these four Scots. Like, why not? It's like because if we do, the Scots will fucking lose their minds. Yeah, yeah. Because at this point, the opinion of the two, like Scotland, England doesn't really know what the, why this is important. Scotland is now um, hailing really these unknown national yeah, heroes yeah, yeah. who reinvigorated the idea of Scottish independence. Yeah. Um. So a year later, after the crime, they're all let free. A year later, after the crime, um. The Stone of Scone, the Stone of Destiny, um, appears on the high altar at Arbroath Abbey, which is where Arbroath, Arbroath Abbey, where um, Scotland was first declared an independent country by a Scottish king oh, rather great. than an English king. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it appears and it's like a big national story in the hail of Scottish heroes and it reinvigorates the conversation of Scottish independence. Robert Gray, um, much later, died, only telling his wife which which stone would have been the real stone because oh. the forgeries appear in the seventies. Um, when he dies, she's asked which one's the real one, and she says, uh, "I don't want to listen. I want to into all that nonsense. Oh, um, the really? secret will die with him. The secret wow. did die with him, although some you know historians like, well, we know which one is yeah. the old one. I mean, like they can kind of they figure it, it out, and, but like yeah. you know, it's romantic the idea yeah. that. Could be any yeah. um, and then anyway, um, come nine, so it's returned to Westminster. The stone. Oh, from, from oh, Adler. what? Fuck oh, that. that. Fuck that yeah. Until 1996. Okay. Where it is returned to the Scots in acknowledgement of them being a separate I country. mean, and yes. Scotland and England have never had any disagreements <laughs> ever <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like as a Yorkshire person, I'm very up for Scotland having whatever they want. Yeah. And Wales have whatever they want. Because we'll be next. We want whatever we want. Yeah. And we should be able to I remember to the independence, of the, the last independence referendum in Scotland. Mm. People joking, being like, oh, the North are joining. Like, yeah, I'd happily I would, fucking read I was thinking, like, like could yeah, we, Scotland. yeah, could we draw the line? I mean, I don't think, I think the problem is the Scots wouldn't have us. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Because we've been screwed over as much as they have. And as English people, we get the blame for it. 
So they're like, oh, the English, they've done this, they've done this. I'm like, yeah. my ancestors were working six days a week in a mill. Like, they didn't, they were not part of any of this shit. Yeah. What do you mean is the Tories? Yeah. The, the Tories have, have done it. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the north of England and Scotland are all on the same side. I mean, Scotland would disagree. Well, the the north of England and Scotland has more in common than then, the north of England and, and the south of England. England. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Agreed. So, so, what a political Christmas it's been. Yeah. Wow. Capitalism I, and Scottish independence. Yeah. Have you got your Christmas decorations up already? Ah, uh, new man. Ah, oh, what? No. Uh, Abigail doesn't either. I already asked her today. No. I do. I don't put them up. But yours are up. Yeah, we've got yeah. a Christmas tree. I, I went to like that. 14th, something like that. Don't want to wear it out, the Christmassy feeling. Oh, okay. As it becomes more diluted no, as you get older, you need to concentrate. No, I've done the back. opposite thing. Um, I think it's partly because I know I'm working around Christmas. I'm working Christmas Eve and Boxing mm. Day. I'm starting now and I'm fully maxed out. I watch one of them. Um, what's her name? Um, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, Netflix. Um, she used to go out with Zach. And Ron. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other day? Yeah. I don't put decorations up because I live alone and then go home for the holidays. That's why I'm not just because I'm like a grump. That's screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you wrap this Christmas shit up? Oh, so corrections. Pigs and blankets. Yeah. Oh, that's wicked. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Yeah. I'll come back to what I think were the Scottish. Economists. Oh yeah, I did oh, try to look me... that up, but I couldn't really do much with Scottish economists. No, I'm sorry, that's okay. I think I might be able to find Scottish widows. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, why don't you guys do the stuff that we do at the end while I look up Scottish economists? So you can follow us on social media. He's a crazy story on Instagram. At the overtake on everything else, if you just want to read the journalism that we do sometimes. Um, you can if you like the podcast, you should throw us a few shekels on <laughs> Patreon. 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 Well, Patreon. We don't know Twitter. how it's pronounced. I wasn't correct. Oh, sorry, I thought you were correct. It's Jackal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can do those. Also, but, thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for Jada for producing this. Have uh, a nice Christmas and a nice New Year. Yeah. Do you guys do anything nice for New Year? Um, we we're going to Manchester, which is the for our first oh, um, for to see some friends. Um, which will be good. We normally have it at our house. Um, so yeah, that'll be a bit different. What are you guys doing? Don't know. Yeah, I'm like we're like last minute is. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And um, like you know maybe the day before, or like you know that evening, but. I don't know. Like I, I hated New Year's when I was a kid, and I couldn't enjoy it. And then mm. when I was a student, it was my favorite. Why did you hate night. it as a kid? I don't know. Like I, I, New I felt Year's like your parents being yeah. around, yeah, making you tired when you've got to stay yeah. up real late. Yeah. I, I just remember falling asleep on the sofa at some random friend of my parents' yeah. house. And then being yeah. when I was a student, I had lots of very very good memories of like mm. the night when if there are students still around because yeah. I had to stay because I had a job, yeah. like. It, it, that's when people had real goodwill for each other because yeah. like it's new year, Everyone's in the exams same are coming up yeah. we just finished the semester yeah. um, but now like I, I don't hate new years but I'm getting to the point where I'm like oh there's a lot of pressure on it for it to be good and 
if one person's having a shitty time. You know, if you go to a club. Mm. A couple of years ago, the year that David Bowie and Prince died, um, we went to a New Year's Eve party that only played Bowie and Prince all night. And it was absolutely fucking spectacular. It was just absolutely brilliant. But then I remember one of my friends wasn't really into Prince or Bowie, just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. Okay. And then I felt like, oh, oh come on, it. like, <laughs> yeah. you up yourself a bit. Like, it's the New Year's. And they were, like, and it's different when you're single as well. Like, yeah. You were like off sharking, looking, uh, for, looking for dudes to bang. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to bang this dude, my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is a woman dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do think. Like I'm, I am in many ways glad I'm not single. But those, like those kind of moments, are like peak, like yeah. single fun. Being single is peaks and troughs, isn't it? Yeah, the memory yeah. of being single is always more romantic than when than the idea. Really yeah, really which is yeah, class. depression. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sorry, <anyway. laughs> yeah, you're on the go. And also, to all you single people out there, you know. Yeah. Keep, it keep only takes up. one. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, so. when you're single, being in a relationship seems, seems, seems a lot better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Life's yeah, just well, hard, yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah, it so, is. Grass yeah. is all with yeah. yeah. Cool. See you in 2020. Uh, yeah. I, I, I tried to look up that thing. You're right. It's nah, too hard to look up. It's got the Scottish economists, whatever. Yeah. Um, great. Yes. Yeah, I guess we'll take a little bit. We haven't discussed this already, but we'll take a break until we're in the year. Yes. And then we'll start recording then. Webs. Oh, we can just oh, like we'll, we'll drive to your house on Christmas. You could, you could, so, yeah, you on Christmas yeah. Day. Yeah. Uh, uh, great. Everything the way. off the table. <laughs> yeah. In four months, probably. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.